customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Not quite to the midway point of Super Bowl week. Here we are again on Time's Ours. I'm afraid that that sentence may have sent Nate Taylor into some sort of death spiral just because it feels like Friday as we record this right now. It is Tuesday and just two days of 97 concurrent press conferences has really given me personally just sort of a coach speak overload at this point. Just sort of, uh, you know, useless banter overload. Uh, although I do know now that lots of people do, in fact, care that Eric Bieniemy is not a head coach. That's come up a couple of times. Uh, that's what we've gotten through two days of Super Bowl week so far. We'll talk about some of the most interesting pieces. Uh, a few things that'll come out of the pressers. A few things that I know that uh, Nate Taylor, the aforementioned, and our own Seth Kaiser has worked on and is working on in the days to come. Nate, how have you enjoyed this uh, Monday and Tuesday of virtual Super Bowl media week? I haven't slept, literally. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's been it's been wild. Um, here's one of, I'm just going to sprinkle in some 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 really awkward human interactions uh, Good. Via, via Zoom. <laughs> so, in a odd twist the NFL was like, well, they've been doing Zooms all year. We're like, you could see the person asking the question. Nah, we ain't going to do that. So <laughs> Steve Spagnolo rolls up today in his seat. He's like, this is where I am? This, this is where I am? Cool. You, you still six feet? All right, cool. I'm supposed to look in the camera. Where's everybody at? <laughs> but seriously, like, I don't see anybody's face. And we had a, we wasted two minutes of, you know, <laughs> finding some information some morsel um out there we wasted two minutes on steve spagnolo being like hey i can't i can't see it just looks like it's i'm talking to me <laughs> like he literally <laughs> said that <laughs> um patrick mahomes looked refreshed on monday looked tired today okay um how do how did we find a way to make nfl super bowl week more demanding on all of our bodies i i don't know i mean and it's tuesday <laughs> it's tuesday <laughs> like one minute 
Frank Clark was in like Frank Clark mode, and I was like, oh my god, this is this is just like back in 2019. It's just like I'm in the locker room. He's like, what up, Nate? Let's chop it. I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> and then like two minutes later, he's like, got his. This is not with my question. Okay, maybe four minutes later, he put his sunglasses on. Yes, and I couldn't <laughs> tell if he was napping or not. <laughs> like so. <laughs> hey, um. It's it's gonna get better, right? It's only gonna get better. Uh, Seth, I'm sure you have something to add here, but I'm just going from Zoom to Zoom, not knowing if I like what the conversation has been before, what it's been now, where is it going in the future? Um, can I say one more thing, guys? Always. Please. I tried, and I hope Mike Kafka hears this because he knows <laughs> how the games play. He's been doing this a long time. I. I did one of the most veteran moves out of the day. <laughs> I got a card. It's like a king. And it's like, okay, only an ace. Only an ace or a joker, or a joker can beat me. I, I feel good right now. Mike Kafka, you've been a veteran backup quarterback in this league. What'd you think about your boy Chad Henney? Gave a pretty <laughs> good answer. He was like, I was so happy for him. Like, you could tell that Mike Kafka kind of lifted him because he never got an opportunity to play in a postseason game. Really cool. I've got him. I've set him up. All right. My follow-up is, can you tell me something that Patrick Mahomes did that made you go, holy mother, (laughs) you know what? (laughs) And then Mike Kafka smiled at me, saw what was coming, and said, here's my ace of spades. Um, He does it all the time. There's not just one time. Sir, I need it for a story with specific (laughs) details. Yeah, look, please. This is the only time. <laughs> right. We we get you like five times a year. And that's not your problem. That's more of a league and, you know, uh, how much the team is willing to give assistant coaches. Because, you know, they may slip up more than the old grizzled Andy Reid. But it was, this This is just Super Bowl week, guys. Trying to get something that is of use. And, hey, tip your cap. All these dudes have been here before. It isn't like last year where, like, there were so many things that the Chiefs said. And I was just like, you you, you know it's Super Bowl week, dog. <laughs> like, you know you shouldn't be saying that. But they're, 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 more, they're more veteran now. I've talked for four minutes. I'm completely <laughs> exhausted. I'll be over here with my sunglasses on taking a nap. <laughs> Super Bowl week. You know, fortunately for me, nothing really changes for me. So, you know... <laughs> <laughs> I I actually I have a I, I'm finding myself as the week goes along a strange amount of zen about Super Bowl week. I find myself less nervous than I was when we recorded many moons ago. Yes. Um in our first podcast of the week, which came up yesterday. So maybe some things are changing. Um but we <laughs> I, I'm just finding myself pretty zen right now. Like I'm finding myself in a pretty good place, just trying to provide some content. And I'm even finding myself kind of zen about that. It's like, you know what? I'll write a few articles, but I, I I don't know. I don't feel the need to write an article just, a day. Maybe I you, will. You just be you, Seth. You I'm just, just going to I'm just going to do my thing. You know what? I'll I just if if we're just ourselves, I'll take us over anyone. We mm-hmm. just need to be ourselves. I've been listening to a lot of Patrick Mahomes uh, you know, hype up speeches and inspirational quotes and all I know is you do it every single day <laughs> and every single day be yourself. And now, you go make you go make a play. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make a play. I'm going to make a play. You're going to make a play, Josh. I'm going to make a play every single day while I'm being myself. We just, we're just trying to be successful. We're trying to have success. We're trying to be successful. That's really it. 
Hey, look, I, at I, I, look at me! Look at me! Mm. Look at me! Look at me! You gonna make awesome. a play, dog? You gonna you know, make a play? I, Nate, I can't see your eyes with those sunglasses. Just saying. So you know. <laughs> I I think about that. You know, Mahomes coming up to Hardman and and, and bringing him up, and, and and it was awesome that him and Kelsey were just encouraging them. It's cool that you see that that team they just don't they don't start sniping at each other, right? Right. It'd be real mm-hmm. easy to be like, God, McCole, come on, you know. Right. But that doesn't especially help especially when you muff the punt in week seventeen, homie. <laughs> Right. And it's just like it really has become one of those things. They've taken on a lot of Andy Reid's characteristics where Andy Reid doesn't do that. Right. Mm. After a guy throws, you know, now he might unless you're a running back who fumbles, then God <laughs> help you because he's not going <laughs> to yell at you. But you will not touch the ball for several games. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is just the God's truth. Yeah, um, I, w- I wish, by the way. If we could inject some truth serum, why why is that? Like why why is that the ultimate like go into the dungeon see in six weeks? It's the only one with him. Now, it now, is. To be fair. To be fair, I think it's also because I think you know the Chiefs since Charles and you know they've treated Clyde kind of a little bit differently than they have previous guys. It's been more of a you know, various different guys sharing the load. So maybe he's just comfortable going right to someone. Because not like Jamal never fumbled and they'd go right back to him. So I think it depends on who you are a little bit. But that is his deal. And but the thing that I noticed is that they're not just they, they picked up McCole Hardman. You know, they were being encouraging. But one thing I noticed, like because he wanted to be alone, right? He wanted just people to leave him alone. But you notice what it's Patrick Mahomes saying, hey, look at me. You know what he did? He looked at him. <laughs> because you will not ignore the franchise because <laughs> he kind of he didn't I mean he wasn't rude about it but he didn't really acknowledge right. Kelsey but when Mahomes came over there like he was he acknowledged Mahomes more than the coordinator <laughs> more than his receivers coach and I just think that's really funny because when Patrick Mahomes talks to you you better listen <laughs> and it's just it's an interesting moment where you see that because we joke around that Mahomes says a lot of the same things and he you know He's always but saying it's all, quarterback stuff. But it's all authentic. Like, we should make that it very is. clear. You know, it's yes. very authentic. He is very authentic. And you can also see in those moments, like, the 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 fact that that team belongs to Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Like, when you've got, like, you know, even little things. And I don't think it was really that big a deal. People made a big deal about it that need to be. But when um, um, Jefferson yelled something at Kirk Cousins... <laughs> Like, you know, hey, throw the ball, please. It was something like that. <laughs> that. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Come on, Kurt! That, can you picture Tyreek yelling that at, at Mahomes or anyone on the team? Maybe, I because I, they seem to have a pretty good relationship. But, like, there's just a different thing. It, it's interesting seeing a team that has, like, genuine alphas on both sides of the ball where it's like the pecking order is super clear. And I think that's just helpful for a team in when you get down in those situations. I don't know. I just thought that was fascinating since you brought it up with the whole look at me thing. <laughs> Nate, what's the weirdest thing you've done this week? Because this morning I did an interview uh, on a uh, Quebec uh, French radio station. I had to have a translator. Mm. It's just not a joke. You, you, you're you're going you're gonna to way outpace me. Um, <laughs> how it's about something like I've thought about every 10 minutes since, since then. <laughs> <laughs> look, 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 here's, this was not me, um, uh, although I can say that having two coffees before 8 a.m. is wild, but, you know, <laughs> hey, this is this is what it takes to uh, to stay afloat. Um, Brendan Daly, again, here's another little, you know, here, here's yes, another please. little unveiling of the curtain. All right, I'm a leash, Steve Spagnuolo, got a nice 10 minutes out of him. Hey, 
once he knew he was only talking to himself through a computer, we, we got to a nice, comfortable pace. I'm going to leave him. Brendan Daly's talking right now. Now, Brendan Daly, obviously defensive line coach. He knows Tom Brady. He used to work with Tom Brady. Quietly, as soon as the game was over in, uh, what was it, November, he went straight to Tom. So that they mm. can have a nice little chat. Mm. Um, did they know then? <laughs> Getting to Brendan. Okay, hit the button. Click in. Here's my email. Here's my name. Uh, let's see if I want to raise my hand. I kind of like to feel the room. Okay, what's he talking about? All right, I see it. Got a little Chris Jones. And then they called on a gentleman from Ireland. I'm not going to do the impression, but <laughs> you, it is as thick. I mean, it is authentic. That is cayenne <laughs> Irishman coming out these, <laughs> out these speakers. And he referenced a phrase that I haven't heard in a while. And it made my heart just, oh, just, it gave me a nice little lift. It like picked me up off my feet. He said, is it your responsibility? And again, imagine this in like a, a, a legitimate Irish accent. Shout out to our Irish brothers and sisters. Uh, he said, is it your job to get a fire in his belly? <laughs> <laughs> and if I was Brendan Daly, I just would have lost it. <laughs> I just would have been like, well, that, that's, more of, that's, more of a, that's more of football? Like, it just makes me think of football and soccer. Get a fire under your belly and run! You know? Clear it! But, you know, again, <laughs> this has nothing to do with Chiefs, Buccaneers. I just it's want to just tell you what such my, a weird two days. It's just been such a weird two days. Like, Brendan Daly has to <sighs> not break face, even though a man just said, is it your job to put a fire in his belly? Travis Kelsey <laughs> said that Patrick Mahomes has a little frog in him. <laughs> I imagine that as like he's got the Iron Man, uh, the Tony Stark thing in his chest. But if you open it up, there's just a tiny little frog just hopping around in there. Just a little, just a little like aquarium. Oh. The source of all of his power. <laughs> little frog. Look, I spent my morning. And, you know, I I don't get to do go. the things that you guys do. <laughs> I spent my morning screen grabbing a homemade <laughs> video. Yeah, of a between the place confrontation that was posted, then deleted by a Bills fan because they thought it it made Chris Jones look bad, but it actually showed seventy six yeah. kidney punching him. So Un- my, unpack my that a little more too. Un- unpack that another level because uh, Nate and I are both delirious, and you sound cogent. Ah, well, I was due, and so <laughs> um, there was a tweet that made the rounds after the the Bills Chiefs game, or maybe even during, because it was a it was a decent size stands, right? Um, well, no, the video was actually because it got replayed very briefly during oh, okay. the broadcast, and someone tweeted out, I don't remember who it was. It was it was a media person, and said like, "Oh, no penalty here," and that led to a lot of Bills fans saying a lot of things about Chris Jones. Basically, what you see from the broadcast view is. Chris Jones, who's kind of sort of tangled up with the lineman, turns away from him, then turns around and just clocks him. Mm-hmm. And, and the guy flops. I mean, come on. There's no way. He was wearing a helmet. Come on. Nobody believes you. <laughs> and look, Chris Jones is a strong dude. Now, maybe he karate chopped his neck, which would be hilarious. And I get that Jones has some heavy, 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 heavy hands. Mm-hmm. So fair enough. 76 goes sprawling. And my guy, Mitch Morse, in the only time he's ever been wrong about anything ever, started pointing at Chris Jones, you know, telling the ref, ah, call the flag, call the flag. Um, and so a lot of people had a lot to say about it, calling Chris Jones a cheap player, about, you know, the Chiefs getting all the breaks. 
which is just the funniest thing that people think that. That's the new thing, you know. Do you want the Chiefs in the play? Yeah. Yes. This this isn't a this is a, a quick tangent and also a cross promotion, but uh Beards McFly, producer extraordinaire at Sports Radio 810. We, he does this thing every week uh called Sad Fans on Reddit after a Chiefs game. And whichever sat whichever group of fans have lost, he goes through their Reddit game thread and will grab a bunch of their comments of them being sad and then he I reads them segment. and then bleeps them. It's such a good bit. It's it's excellent. But man, it is referee and broadcaster heavy Heavy. at this point there is a lot of tony romo and then a lot of bleeping there is a lot of the refs and then a lot of bleeping that is that is not how things used to be around these parts yeah and that's things are very different now it's like yes noted giant market kansas city is who the nfl (laughs) now i get that mahomes you know people want to call mahomes the golden boy fair enough but the dude earned it he scrapped and clawed his way to it so i mean if you have a problem with easily the best player in the nfl being the face of the nfl that seems more like a you issue than anything (laughs) else it's like oh it should be josh allen should it though like should it really so anyway so a a bills fan on twitter thinking so they, they took a video from arrowhead with a really nice camera by the way it's very very clear um, from the opposite perspective of the broadcast view to where you can see the offensive lineman. And she she posted this, I would assume. She has since deleted the tweet and blocked me, by the way. She blocked you? She did. Oh, I was man. I was even going to tweet at her and just say, hey, look, it's not personal. It's just, I mean, this is what I think it shows. But there was no time. So it you can clearly see 76 wind up and kidney punch Chris Jones, which, look. Jones is going to be the subject of attacks like this because guys usually can't beat him between the whistles and they know that maybe you can get him to react, which, you know, if that had gotten him ejected, that would matter. And so he can't react. It was, it was still not smart by him. And I'm sure he knows that hopefully a bunch of people told him that like, that was dumb. Don't react because it's always the reactor who gets penalized. Mm -hmm. But it was just the funniest thing that someone, and this is, you know, this is, we're all guilty of this through fans' eyes that she would post this thinking that it was like going to show how cheap Chris Jones is. And it's like, you can see the dude kidney punch him. <laughs> like, it's right there. And then it's like, oh, crap. And then they delete it, which because intrepid reporter that I am, I anticipated <laughs> that. And there's a reason why I'm able to show clips of games, folks. It's because I know how to record my video screen and the moving pictures. And so, yeah, so that's out in the world if you want to look at it on Twitter. Because I was just, I thought I was taking crazy pills when looking at it from the other angle. It's like, man, it looks like his hands move. But, you know, I'm not going to give that sort of benefit of the doubt and assume he hit him. Then you see it here. It's like, that dude hit him. Like, just (laughs) right in the kidney. So, anyway, my week's been weird, too. Now I feel like I belong. There we go. We're all in in the same, we're all in the same space at this point. Um, I just found, I got to give a quick shout out. Um, I was going through, we, we may have time to take a couple of questions at the end of this episode today, yes, a couple that, that slipped through the cracks last week. I didn't even ask for new questions, we just have more. Um, but there is, a, I'd like to give a shout out right now to Jordan Williams. So I just saw he tweeted this to us uh, whenever I asked for questions for the last episode. And he said, what do you think of Mahomes' stats now that he has played almost 30% of the games of a certain Hall of Fame quarterback? I created a tool to help your, keep your number up to date. If you oh, click no. this link, oh, if you click God. this link, uh, QBcompare.com. I don't know if this is Jordan's creation or if this is something that he has just gotten the, the specifics of this. I'm not sure. 
Uh, but the link goes straight to just comparing Patrick Mahomes oh, no. and Troy Aikman career let's, stats. Let's all take deep breaths. It just updates in real time. It just updates in real time. You can you can go regular season, playoff, both. And so you go both, and Mahomes has played not quite 30% of Aikman's career snaps, or uh, career starts, actually, but he's won 40% of the games, has uh, 70% of the passing touchdowns, uh, all of the rushing touchdowns. They're tied 10-10. Uh, and 33.33% of the Super Bowl wins. Mm-hmm. And that'll just update, I guess, in real time, which is an incredible, incredible tool that I'm in just outrageously grateful for. Oh, yeah, this, this, wow. So QBCompare.com, it says, how do you come up with this in the FAQ? This app was inspired by the Times Ours podcast on The Athletic. Joshua Briscoe explained to Seth Kaiser and Nate Taylor the comparison of Patrick Mahomes' stats to Troy Aikman's stats based on percentage of games played. So this is an OG, like... Th- th- this is this is a a handmade bespoke website, basically made to compare <laughs> Patrick Mahomes and Troy Aikman. Oh, I is, think you could do it with is, more quarterbacks, probably. This is our offspring, and we need I, to this, we need so to proud. accept it and cherish it and and treat it with the love <laughs> it so desperately deserves. You want to you want to compare Jamarcus Russell to Brett Favre? I just did. I don't know why those are the two dudes I thought of, but I just did. This is incredible. This this site is incredible. <laughs> that, is, that is so cool. Wow. I, this might, I might just do this the whole show. I don't know what you guys want to talk about. I know it's Super Bowl week and whatnot. In fact, actually, do you know what we're going to go to next? And it's going to also be uh, with thanks to a, a fan submission. But this is my favorite thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's very exciting. Thank you, Jordan Williams, uh, at JordanW0213 on Twitter. That is going to be a very fun toy. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Uh, Why don't we talk about something that is very Super Bowl-specific before we maybe do some more of the storyline, some some work I know you guys are are doing right now. Uh, Shout out to Keith for, uh, I mean, really, I I don't really want to, Thank Keith for this because I had to read it. But uh, sent in by Keith, uh, Charlie Casserly's got his keys to Super Bowl 55. They are uh, available on his Twitter. There's some very slick graphics. There are four of them. You get some for the Bucks offense, one for the Chiefs offense, one for the Bucks defense, one for the Chiefs defense. The first one that got tweeted out was the Buccaneers offense. And the very first key there. Here we go. Is here's how the Buccaneers win the game. Their first key, we don't try to tell y'all, is win the time of possession, keep Mahomes on the bench, and win on first down. Now that is at least two keys under one key, maybe three. But how? How are, how are we still doing this? Like then his third one is uh, run the ball outside of the DEs and inside versus the ILBs, as if there's any other place you can run the ball other than inside and outside. Like, that covers it all. That's all of it, Charlie. Win time of possession. Keep Mahomes on the bench. Folks, how are we still doing this? I, th- this, this now means that the Buccaneers need to win the time of possession by one second and lose by two scores. 
<laughs> I okay. I'm I'm gonna I guess for a detailed view one more time because we might have new listeners. Um, yes. Oh yeah. Who, and, and, and and credit to you for making it this far. If, yeah, because if, if you are new, here's yeah, the analysis true. that comes back again. And I cannot state this enough. And for people that have heard it before, I will try to be brief, and it'll give you a thing to say. If you want a detailed analysis, look up the article on the Athletic. Is controlling the clock the best way to slow down the Chiefs' offense? Um, it had what well, best way to slow down the Chiefs' offense? There, it had a question mark at the end. <laughs> that was by Nate. Myself and Ethan Douglas, who, who's an analytics guy who does a great job at The Athletic. Here's, here's the long and short of it. You can look, and this is what I did, at every single game the Chiefs have lost, and you will not find evidence for the controlling the clock narrative. You won't. But what about, nope, not that game either. But what about, nope, not that game either. Josh, you and I played that game the other oh, day. But, yeah, 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 yeah. But so nope, what about the... No, not that game. But, so no, 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 no not, not that one. But not, the, even, not even that. Especially but remember the game not that, that one. Oh. What um, about the... Never, ever, ever. The, the AFC okay. Championships playoffs, you know, the Chief, that's what everyone starts with. The Chiefs had the same number of possessions as an NFL average. They, they the, the Rams game, that was a, that was a shootout. I, there isn't an example of them losing that way. They averaged 31 points in their losses. The way, What about Indianapolis in 2019? You mean where Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins and Eric Fisher didn't play and Mahomes was on one leg the entire time and, yeah, and David yeah, Williams dropped a touchdown pass and LaShawn McCoy fumbled a football ball away on what would have been a scoring drive? You mean that game? Yeah, sure. If all that crap happens, that <laughs> should really help you out. But it's just... So here, here's the long and short of it. But the simplest way to explain this, well, control the clock. Keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes. He's always going to get the ball back. Always. They take turns with the ball in football. And the fact that we've allowed this to promulgate, like, and apparently I'm taking direct responsibility for this. It's my fault that I have allowed this to promulgate. Look, all you're really trying to do when you say control the clock is limit number of possessions to where high variance events matter more. So if there's only nine possessions for each team, then a fumble will help you more than, you know, it would if there were 11 possessions. You're basically saying we're the worst team of the two, and so the higher the variance, the better off we are. Yes. Here's the problem. You have no idea on knowing whether or not those high variance events will favor you or hurt you, because if you're the team that fumbles the ball away, it's going to hurt you more than it would with a higher possession game. The other thing is, if you're running the ball, you are making yourself less efficient consistently. And so you are, in a way, unless you run the ball really, really well all game, which I guess could happen, you are sacrificing your own efficiency and your own ability to score touchdowns for the purposes of lowering the variance. So unless your defense is doing the same on that lower number of possessions, now follow me with this, it's not going to matter and you'll just lose in a lower scoring game. Does that make sense? Yes. At this point, I'm the wrong person to ask because I cannot <laughs> leaping believe we're still having this conversation. So, so that that's just the way to to look at it is you are you are voluntarily using a less efficient mode of moving the football to lower the number of possessions by one or two, and you're not even ensuring you are using a less efficient mode of moving the football, hoping that your defense plays well enough that the Chiefs don't score quickly a few times and ruin everything. Because if you have this eight-minute drive and then the Chiefs score a bomb to Tyreek Hill, guess Correct. what? It equalized out and you're still going to have just as many possessions. So you are lowering your efficiency without even reassuring that you will accomplish the thing that you're hoping to accomplish, which 
is not that likely to give you the result that you're looking for. That is not a valid game plan. It's just I wanna not. Give you, I want to give you another stat that I had not seen, and uh, Connor Christofferson wrote about it um, over on Arrowhead Report. And and this this little snippet, I just it's a, it's just another way. This is gonna just ride with everything that Seth just said. It's just another thing. In the Chiefs' ten worst games by total time of possession under Mahomes, the Chiefs averaged ten point two drives per game. In the Chiefs' 10 best games by total time of possession under Mahomes, the Chiefs averaged 10.7 drives per game. There's a 0.5 difference from the, the 10 worst and 10 best games by time of possession. It's just another one of those numbers to show that there is a, a margin of error difference in the most extreme examples of control the clock, keep Mahomes off the field. Sorry, just, I just wanted to get that extra one out there. I, I was just going to say, just, just, just score 40. Just... That should be the first key. The first key should just should be just score forty. Just just score forty or or thirty seven because that's what the <sighs> Patriots did in the one time the Chiefs have lost in the postseason under Patrick Mahomes, and perhaps get a coin toss. And you can build a fourteen nothing lead executing at one of the highest levels I've ever seen in terms of controlling the clock and the tempo. Um, people always forget in that game, Tom Brady threw a horrendous interception to mm-hmm. uh, Reggie Ragland in the end zone. And then in the second half, when things got a little bit more um, stabilized in terms of how you normally would play the game, Tom Brady threw another interception. Um, so, yes, Tom Brady was a, I mean, he was good in that game. I'm not going to say he wasn't, but he he had more mistakes than actually Patrick Mahomes statistically. Um, it's just they had one extra possession because they got they got the ball when overtime started. Um, as I like to mention, you know, uh, when the Patriots beat the Chiefs 37-31, uh, the Patriots had 12 possessions, the Chiefs had 11. So all this is to tell Bruce Arians, um, go get 40, um, run a couple fake punts, and um, do your best Sean Payton impression and don't give Patrick Mahomes the ball back. When the second half starts, just just run an onside kick. I'm just waiting for somebody to treat this man like he's Peyton Manning in his prime. Seth, did you have anything else? Or are you are you good now? I just I'm just so beside myself that people who get paid to talk about football continue <sighs> to get this thing so blatantly wrong. It just it it's, genuinely frustrates me. It's it's not it's not great. You know, at the Super Bowl, you're supposed to be rising to the occasion, getting all your getting it all down. You know, really um, enlightening. The listener, viewer, reader. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, just, I think we just gave a glossary. Nobody wants that. They want better information than just well, and running it, the clock. It's hard to move away from a traditional way of thinking about things. I would argue that maybe, you know, maybe you can like really, really in, in lower le- levels of football where running the ball becomes much more important. Like starting at college, right? Um, Running backs matter a lot more in college because you don't have that same um, really high level everywhere, right? And then in high school, it's even more important. And so it feels like one of the things that we're fighting is that these are axioms of football that in some ways can be true at different levels. But the NFL is a different animal than every other level of football. And I think that's part of where the problem comes from. And also it's just, it's things that sound sensible on the surface, but aren't once broken down are one of the hardest things to really deconstruct because the minute you start really breaking it down, people get annoyed. They're like, eh, I don't have time for this. And, and I get that. 
But yeah, it, it just, it, I, I don't have a whole lot more to add on it other than it's just not really the correct way to think about this. And if, if, if the Buccaneers go in just trying to, you know, run the ball a ton, unless they have an incredible day on defense, and then it'll be more about their defense than the run game, right? Th- that's not a way to beat the Chiefs. It's just not. So, I don't know. They could try a bunch of other things. I'm excited to see what they do. They're a good team, a well-coached team, but that's probably not the route I would go. Do you guys know that Patrick Mahomes has uh, 44% of Trey Aikman's total passing yards in 30% of the games? I am aware 70, of 70, 70% of the touchdowns. Oh, my God. You can click it, and then it gives you a little chart. You can go, oh, no, it gives you a little graph. Oh boy, this is excellent. This is very this is even more exciting than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> uh, let's let's talk about a couple other things that have kind of bubbled up here over the course of uh of these this week that has been two days. Um and then also some stuff that's coming around right now. I mean, Nate, you, you mentioned all of the all the coaches talking today. I found today a little more insightful than yesterday because at least we get to hear from some of the coaches that kind of set the, the, occasionally they'll say a couple of things here and there. Spags is pretty good about it yep. also. Mm-hmm. But we're obviously uh, this is kind of a, a two part lob that, that I'll let you guys figure out where you want to go. Because I, I know Seth just wrote about Legarius Sneed. I know uh, that Seth would have written more about Juan Thornhill again this week if we didn't just do the Juan Thornhill conversation. But right. specifically, one one thing in this game that, you know, we're, we're spending all this time on the pass rush versus the offensive line. Rightfully so. I get it. But you you look at what we and we've talked about this here a million times, what the secondary has been entrusted to do, as Seth has pointed out. Any one of those guys can get matched up with anybody else and Spag is going to have faith in them and and say, you know what, you hold this matchup. Well, this is as good of a receiving core as they're going to have faced all year, except for when they played Tampa earlier. Um, and they're at a point right now where it seems like maybe they figured out, they've gotten more time with Antonio Brown. It seems like everything is really firing on all cylinders. So I'm curious, Nate, what you heard from not just Spags, but the, the defensive assistants today and then uh, Seth, I'd love for you to jump in and talk a little bit more about Legarius Sneed because everybody loves talking more about Legarius Sneed right now. Of course, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, Steve Spagnuolo basically alluded to the fact, and this sort of confirms Brett Veach's line of thinking um, shortly after the AFC Championship game, that, you know, you're always a little concerned if you're really high on a guy and, like, some of your peers are not. And, you know, I think, Steve Spagnuolo alluded to the fact that, like, hey, I I looked at his tape and was like, wow, he can do a lot of things. Now, I'm going to kind of explain it here in the second part, but the original thought was, no, we we graded him pretty high, and, you know, we got great value with him at the fourth round. But um, the best thing is that Legereus needs going to be, uh, I assume, who he's always been. Like, I, like nothing has really... Um, in a lot of ways, you know, disrupted his meteoric rise to being like Pro Bowl caliber, like cornerback slash, you know, slot guy slash, I don't know, you want to put him at safety? I'm sure he'll be successful there too. Um, so, you know, no traditional offseason program. Training camp was a little wacky. Obviously, he filled in for Bashad Breeland the first couple of weeks, played out of his mind, honestly came back and, and really got into a groove pretty quickly. Um, but in all of this, it sort of shows that the way Spagnolo and Brett Veach and Dave Merritt and Sam Madison, the two other secondary assistant coaches, they all want flexibility, versatility, 
And what Juan Thornhill told me today, Josh, was that uh, when they're in meetings, they're not talking about slot, outside corner, dime corner, you know, strong safety, free safety. They're just saying, okay, what are the DBs as a whole doing? Which is interesting Mm -hmm. philosophically because it forces guys to communicate just a little bit more because you're not solely focused on your position. You're seeing your position and how it sort of um, is connective to whoever the guy is next to you. And then overall, as we talked about in the last episode, and especially in regards to Josh Allen, why guys moving all of a sudden in pre-snap makes a lot of sense. And they're able to do it at a very, uh, at a very smooth level. I, I don't know. I just, I think there is a time where I would be shocked about Legereus Sneed, and I've finally come to that point where I, I just won't be shocked anymore. Um, <laughs> if it if it happens, I mean, the dude is really, really good. Um, and I, I'm interested to know that with his playoff experience now in two games, with Juan Thornhill coming back, and as we mentioned, how great he looks, just... How many more things can they show Tom Brady, which not a lot of teams even have the opportunity to do in a playoff setting, let alone the Super Bowl? And that gives Steve Spagnuolo a slight advantage just because um, they're so flexible and they're so multiple that um, guys can play various positions and they don't feel uncomfortable. That was a really good take. I wish I had more to add on that, but you said virtually everything that needs to be said on that in terms of their versatility and interchangeability, what allows them to do. I think one thing, I'm trying to think desperately of something good to add to that. Oh, well, here we I, go. Let me, I'll, I'll point in a direction, Seth, because with, do you, do you mind? <laughs> Quarterback like this thing. Well, so, I mean, because you're right, Nate, Nate covered a ton of stuff that's very specific also to, to this game and the success they've had so far. The one thing that I think is interesting, that just sort of a, a checking back in, is, is you look at Sneed and, and you're looking ahead to the Super Bowl and all of that, you you were you were waiting on uh, on the Sneed review. You're pushing it off and pushing it off and pushing it off because, as you've said, you've been hurt before by uh, a, a large number of Chiefs corners who have had one excellent season and then never really re- repeated that performance. I'm I'm just curious if if you got what you expected from your reviewing Sneed and if you are in fact ready to be hurt again. I am going to reserve whether I'm ready to be permanently hurt for when I chart every snap of his during the offseason. Here's what I will Fine. say. I just reviewed every snap. This is like, how the, many words is this? This is like a 2,000 word email that I have here. I'm looking at it right now. I I looked at the, uh, yeah, no, this is, no, that's just from reviewing every snap of the AFC Championship and Divisional Round and then looking but, at uh, like probably like 100 other snaps over the course of the season. It's, that's a lot of snaps and you're not willing to give me anything? I just wanted, I, I want to update. win losses specifically yet. At least, what at I'll least say. give me an I update on how seen, you feel. I have not seen anything that Sneed is bad at. Like nothing. He can't he confirm. Has, Confirmed. He 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 is very fast <laughs> down the field. Like he is tough to beat down the field. He but he's also quick in and out of breaks. He's physical. He's maybe a little overly grabby, but not that bad on Bashad Breeland's more. Bashad Breeland. Bashad, Bashad, let me teach you, will, let me teach you these hands, sir. Yeah, Bashad <laughs> will jack you up if you are a slot receiver and you get it is, and maybe they'll call it. Maybe they won't. Hey, but if hey, they don't, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> hey Josh. Josh, did you did you were you were you available for the Bashad Breeland show? 
uh, earlier today. I saw some portion of it. I th- I don't remember. I was I blacked out at some point. He basically told us that he's going to be at a one-on-one boxing match on the outside with Mike Evans. You loved it. It was it. it was glorious. I enjoyed it. He and, and just on a side note, we can get back to this at some point because the Chiefs do have interchangeable guys. But Bashad Breeland has a little bit of a different skill set. Mike Evans and Mike Evans is a great receiver. Yes, I don't mm-hmm. want Breeland on him all day with no help. But mm-hmm. Mike Evans is kind of like that Mike Williams type, that bigger, stronger, not quite as quick receiver that Bashad has, generally speaking, done his best work against. So we'll see. Because again, Mike Evans, great receiver, really good receiver. Yes, I mean. He- and yeah. so, but, but Bashad, he, he likes those physical matchups. He's like, not a dude that's gonna be like, oh no, this receiver's putting hands on me. He's gonna be like, oh, this receiver's putting hands on me. It's gonna be like this. And so what I would say with Snead, um, he's willing to be physical and he's good at it. He's got good length to do it. Um, he's strong. He tackles well. He contests the ball well. He catches well. I, I haven't seen anything that he's bad at. He closes quickly. He's missed a tackle or two, but not very often, um, like less more than less so than most quarter cornerbacks do. So he doesn't do anything bad so far. So basically, the only thing I'm going to be able to say is he looks really good, like really, really good, and not just good at a few things, but good at everything. It, I'm guessing, and and Nate, I know you've talked about this a little bit. I'm guessing, you know, they, they've got him in the slot right now because that allows them to use Matthew. They they like Ward. They like Breland. But I'm guessing he's going to be a full-time 100% of the snaps dude next year because he's good. And, and he's good at blitzing. He's yes. good at everything. Yes. Um, I mean, they, they've asked him to start blitzing like late in the season, and he's got a sack in four straight games. It's like, oh, okay, I guess. He doesn't overcommit. You should see on his sack of Josh Allen, he had to bend around the edge and corner to him. Like, like an edge rusher. And he did it. And so he looks really, really good. Again, And it adds. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) It adds a lot to the secondary in that it's just one more really, really good player. And one who I would say as of now is playing at a higher level than any of the other corners. And that's not because Breland's playing poorly. And Fenton and Ward are not necessarily playing poorly. It's just that Sneed looks like a cut above. And you add that in with Juan Thornhill, who, by the way, I mean, he tweeted out while we were recording. Uh, he tweeted out, uh, you know, you know, one hour, 60 minutes, 3,600 seconds. That dude is so ready for the Super Bowl. Ready! Like I'm, I, I cannot believe he does not have odds for MVP because it would not surprise me with Brady's proclivity at times with under pressure. I, I, it would... It would not surprise me if Juan had a pick. Not at all. But I, mm. when you combine, when you bring in Sneed and Thornhill's healthy, we talked about this a little bit at the last show, but it can't be emphasized enough. The secondary is playing really, really well right now. And Sneed is a massive part of that. It seemed like you want to back in, Nate. I was going to leave that door open for yes. you. I, I don't know. I don't know how we all whiffed. I, I, this is like one of the great mysteries and why the job is fun. Because sometimes... Sometimes you know, and sometimes you're like, I have no idea. But um, at every turn this year, I'm I just I just looked around and be like, he 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 a rookie? You telling me this dude's a rookie, right? He ain't had no preseason games. He ain't had no preseason games. What? Yep. Like every time, I'm just like, but he's but he's running step for step with Stefan Stefan Diggs. Yes, he 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 led the he led the league in receiving. 
But you telling me he a rookie? Did they did they just put an R on his on his stat on his stat sheet? They put an R on his bio. <laughs> Is he thirty five with kids? Like I don't I don't know. I just don't understand this. How did y'all not find him? You know, um, mm-hmm. I I got questions for a Louisiana Tech, which quietly, <laughs> which quietly, we gonna get some answers on that. Just just wanna just wanna just wanna Ooh. tease that. We we may get some answers from the folks at Louisiana Tech. Shout out to the Bayou. Um, but I need I need some like I know he was playing safety because y'all had no safeties, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Y'all gotta be pumping y'all's dude up. Like yeah. I, I just what? So that's that's my luxurious need, I guess, bit where I just I, I was watching the AFC championship game with like kind of my mouth though, because I'm like, but, but like he can't get open. <laughs> but like I'm <laughs> I just looked up his stats and he has over 14,000 yards. <laughs> he can't get open. Did it, Nate break his microphone by hitting the desk just then? <laughs> Did that just happen? I know I Nate. get I know I get the 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 uh the the wrangling about my hard typing. I, I type with conviction. I think, uh, no, it, it it really it really sounded actually significantly worse there for a second. I think we're okay. I think Zoom may have just may have just uh needed a break after that very loud series of noises, but I just, just wanted to make sure. That's just me checking. ESPN and, and the Athletic and <laughs> NFL.com. Like this man let the league in receiving. He couldn't get open. He they, they, that was that's one reason why I'm very curious about this game because I'm hearing a lot of talk about the Bucks receiving core, and rightfully so, right? Yeah. I mean, Evans and Godwin are an incredible duo. Um, Scotty Miller is apparently faster than Tyreek Hill. <laughs> Long pause, long pause. Um, Let's see if I can put. I'm gonna see if I can put Scotty Miller and Tyreek Hill always, in that quarterback always comparison. Punch up. Always punch up. No, no, kids. no. We don't want to compare always Tyreek's quarterback up. attempts. Those have been bad. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. always punch up for sure. And so the, the you know Scotty Miller, but he is a, he's a good receiver, very talented. Um, they they've they've got a fourth receiver. I think Tyler Johnson. I want to say his name is now. Obviously, he's not a huge part of the game plan because I my job is to analyze this stuff and I barely remember his name. But he can get open. Fair. Like they they are not and, and they Brayton and Gronk a really good pair of tight ends, but when you look at the all twenty two of what the Chiefs did against Buffalo, it's not like Buffalo. I mean Buffalo has Stephon Diggs, who I would say is better than Evans or Godwin, not by a ton, but he's better. They also have John Brown, who is not bad. He's a good player. They also have Cole Beasley, who's apparently an all pro, but I, I'm going to go with. <laughs> hey, don't. I, mean, he's a, I, I will take no besmirching of. Did y'all see what Cole Beasley had? He was out there playing with a broken leg. That's, that's getting, true. Getting receptions out here. Oh, you want some of this little shake and bag? I'll get a shake and bag on a broken he, leg. Josh, he, I'm always also, open, baby. I'm hurt. He, but I'm he is an excellent, excellent slot receiver. Also, and if you as, if you want to fight about Cole Beasley's Pro Bowl vote, you got to be the one that Peter King gets mad at this year, and, and then Nate's up next season. Yep, Cole no, Beasley, fair. you are in my heart, son. I have so oh, much good. respect for your courage. I will vote <laughs> for you at a moment's notice. There is a time where Cole yeah. Beasley caught a pass, fell out of bounds, and was like, "Is my leg broken? Is my leg broken?" 
Ah, F it. I'll get back on that field. <laughs> but y'all down you're, 20. You're right, Nate. He, he's, a better, he's a better receiver than Tyree Kill. I agree. That's You're right. What? <laughs> and so I, I they, they've got a really good receiving court. Remember the, the conversation leading up to the week was how in the world are the Chiefs going to stop this offense? Mm-hmm. You know they averaged more points per game in the regular season than the Chiefs did? They're a really, really good offense. A better offense than Tampa Bay was this year. And the Chiefs secondary blanketed those guys. And now we'll see, because very different type of challenge with Godwin Evans. Tom Brady's a very different type of quarterback. Yep. And so there, there's you never know. One thing does not necessarily predict the other. But people aren't talking about that enough. And it's just, it's going to be really, really interesting to see what they do other than, and you can basically, if they had a bet on this, I would tell you to sell your house Put in your life savings, <laughs> bet on this, that they are going to blitz the crap out of Tom Brady. That you is so. going to happen. You think so? You think they're going to do it for a second game? Just like, oh. here it is, Doc. I, I think well, I think you're going to see a combination of the two, just like they did in week 12. Yeah, right. It's going to be one snap. They're sending like Everybody. nine dudes. <laughs> and then the next snap, they're, they're pass rushing, you know, Derek Nottie and Chris Jones and Frank Clark out in coverage. Like, I really think it's going to be really, really varied. I also, just on a side note, and I know we talked about this a little bit beforehand, if I'm Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo, I'm picking up the telephone, looking through my old contacts list, maybe dudes I don't talk to that often but have their number, and I am calling a New England area code, mm. and I am calling William Belichick and saying, hey, <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't want Tom to win that Super Bowl, do you? Right, right. Bill, we right? know that you see some stuff that we haven't seen. What would you do? And is there anything in the rules against teams consulting like that? I don't think there is. Now, look, would... there's a there's a disturbance in the force. And I know this <laughs> alliance puts great I... things in danger <laughs> but for this absolutely... moment. Well, yeah, but I mean, if you're Spagnolo, I mean, like, if I'm Andy, I'm, like, monitoring that entire call, by the way. Like, I'm his <laughs> lawyer. It's like, Steve, don't you say anything to him about it. Don't you say anything. But just, just listen. you could call Bill be like, hey, Bill, what would you do? You know, you coach Tom for a little bit. You, you've seen their offense this year. What would you do? Because Bill Belichick is is arguably the greatest individualized game planner in the history of the NFL. Steve Spagnuolo's great at it. But why wouldn't you call Bill? You can't convince me Bill Belichick wants Tom Brady to win that game. I, I just I just feel a great a great <laughs> cloud in the force. I don't. If we take this meeting, you must proceed with great caution. Okay. Yes. Great caution. Maybe I tell have the you. lawyers present. Maybe like yeah. <laughs> limited to written communication only. Like it's gotta be it's gotta be on a rotary phone. Like you can't you cannot let him connect to your to your smartphone when you save photos and files. That's why God created burners, Josh. It's yeah, just it's like be, it says in Job chapter two. See, this yeah. is a fake old testament reference now. Old that's, and, and then Joe to tell the difference sometimes to complain about what is going on. My family. You gotta go. You gotta go to to the back of Walmart and get one of those flip phones in yep. that impossible to open plastic. Yes. You gotta get a couple of those. You gotta mail one to Bill Look. and just say, "Hey, you're gonna get a phone call here in three days at noon. And we're gonna yeah. need you to pick it up. We're gonna chat." 
it's, and you, that way, that way, you're not accidentally giving up. You, you, you absolutely cannot FaceTime him from your iPad in the office because no. he is reading. He is reading Spy, the wall behind yo, you. Yo, my, your spyware account about to be through the roof, dog. You, oh man, you, there are not enough firewalls on planet Earth to successfully make that FaceTime work. It is burner phone, rotary phone at at most. Look, we go. I'm gonna need you to somehow break out of the plastic that that Josh referenced. And know that as soon as you hang up this phone, the DEA is gonna be on you in twenty minutes. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Do you guys remember? Do you guys ever remember those YouTube videos of that one like incredible blender that could just blend anything? <laughs> I don't remember what it's called. I'm gonna find it. But like, you got your phone cannot have an SD card in it by any means, and it just needs to go straight into that blender. Yep. And then like with some it, it, the blender contents and look are the phone. And then some bleach, just to be the liquid yeah. that helps everything get moving. And then at, that, at the end, you've just got toxic sludge, and you, you dump that out. Yeah. You never talk about but, it again. But just know, the DEA is still going to come knocking, even though they know that you've Absolutely. already destroyed the evidence. As soon as you break the plastic in that phone, prepare <laughs> your lawyers and prepare the stash. Okay? Like, it's just that's just the way the game works. It's the way it's going to be, where it's always going to be. I'm trying to find the name of this blender from... Like the I don't know late two thousands, there was just it was just like a whole thing. It's just how incredible this this blender, <laughs> how incredible that. No, Google, I do not want to search for gerbil in a blender at all. No, Google, what? No, what is wrong with you? No, thank you, Google. Okay. Anyway, very strange. Uh, all right, what else? What else is on your guys' mind here? We we have a couple of questions. We could cook through a few questions to to cap off the show. Or, or we could save the, the rest of our very, very, very serious analysis that's going to come uh, in probably Thursday morning, uh, at least we'll probably record Thursday morning, should have out maybe Thursday afternoon, Thursday night. I don't know. I don't know when Danielle's on a plane. Danielle's on a plane at some point. Uh, I'll cut in. Remember, we're going to do Friday morning. Friday morning? Are we doing Friday morning? Yeah. Love it. I'm, I'm flying I'm flying out Thursday at 7. All right. So we're going to we're gonna do it Wednesday morning. And if it's not out by Wednesday <laughs> afternoon, just tweet Danielle over and over and over and over and over again. Oh, on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> on Wednesday morning. Just start start tweeting Danielle. Oh, I was about to put on my calendar for February twelfth. That probably would be even later than people would want. Uh, so we'll figure that out when we, when we get there. Um, but with all of that noted, we'll, we'll we'll talk more. We'll look. You know, if there's any more news that breaks. Oh, Nate, you want to give me thirty seconds on the COVID little little blip on the radar? That probably would have been good to mention fifty two minutes ago. Yeah, all things point to uh, Demarcus Robinson uh, perhaps being back as soon as Friday. Um, he is not positive. Uh, Daniel Kilgore kind of on a similar track. They just need to be cleared through the contact tracing, and you know, uh, uh, apparently um, the team the team tried its best to say, "Hey guys, um, we we know you will probably want to look nice for the Super Bowl photo, even in the circumstances." It's unfortunate that the barber that the team was using, who was going through the testing uh, program as well, um, ended up catching covid um and i guess the last two clients he had were daniel kilgore and demarcus robinson um both players i was told have not tested positive nobody on the team tested positive as today on tuesday february 2nd um you're going to need to see that happen obviously for the remainder of the week and i believe and i didn't really factor this in last time as to like whether the team would leave friday or saturday but i think reed is smart to say let's do it like we would do any other regular season game um, it sucks that we're not going to be down there for like you, the usual festivities, but I assume the team will go through Saturday, make sure that everybody is, 
yet again, um, and negative in terms of testing. And then they'll fly to Tampa Saturday, late morning, early afternoon. And, uh, and then we'll, and then we'll be off uh, for kickoff. But the whole point of this is that DeMarcus and Daniel need to come off the COVID-19 list by either Friday or Saturday morning with more testing, more uh, negative results, and obviously staying isolated from the team. Now, if they are on the COVID list and they do come off um, on either Friday or Saturday, they will have essentially one walkthrough to get ready for the Super Bowl. Not ideal, but, you know, they're veterans. Um, you know, they've both played in this game before. So if you need them to be productive, you would hope that they would rely on that experience. And obviously they are getting the IPAC cutups in the game plan and the playbook uh for for this opponent but um i think reed wants to fly make sure everybody's safe and then saturday night you're basically going through a modified walkthrough and a very quick meeting and you just tell the fellas all right get a good night's sleep get some breakfast and we play the buccaneers that was probably a pretty good analysis i wasn't really paying attention because you know that uh, patrick mahomes has half of dan fouts passing touchdowns and career wins in about 30 percent of the games <sighs> and dan fouts was a I mean, he was a guy. Dude could play. 30% of the games uh, for Mahomes versus Terry Bradshaw. 54% of the passing touchdowns, 51% of the don't, passing don't, yards. Don't, don't, miss, don't mention Terry Bradshaw out here in these streets, okay? Like, I mean, if we if we got if we got smoke for um, Troy Aikman, <laughs> this does not go well for Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> Let's blast through a few questions real quick. Did you want to add anything on that? You didn't want to add anything on the COVID. That was a dumb question. Yeah, Seth, you don't you don't have any secret COVID information, do you? I'd, I, I'd be really surprised if you did. I don't. Excellent. Um, let's do this one then from Parker. What's your uh, dream uniform combination for both teams on Sunday? You go first, Nate, as the man with much better style than I have. <sighs> I I want. So the Chiefs are in red. We understand that. They'll be wearing the home jerseys, even though the Buccaneers had, I guess, the preference. I don't love the Buccaneers pants with this shade of red. So I would go all white versus red on white. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's okay. If this were Madden, um, mm-hmm. I would. Yeah, really, really get funky with it. If this were Madden, I would, take, mm-hmm. I would take y'all back to opening day, 1993, Joe Montana mm-hmm. walking into the big sombrero. Give me them mm-hmm. creamsicle unis, man. Let's go. I think that's I think that's by far the most fun answer. Chiefs red over white. You give the uh or maybe maybe the Chiefs have to wear white yeah. so the, the Bucks can bring out the cream yeah. stick. I'm fine with that. I'm good with that. I was Did they wear the cream sickles at all this year? We just not doing I don't that think they all? had throwbacks this year. Damn. I'm trying to figure out what their combinations were this season because there there's a series of them and some of them are better than others. Yeah. Let me I think they can't wear the cream sickles because this is their stupid rule where Teams can't have more than one helmet. That's exactly right. Oh, that is absolutely for COVID true. Reasons or? That well, no, that no, no, just a stupid, just a stupid NFL rule. Well, then, like they can't have more well, than one. Spray one paint them bad boys and let's go. The whole <laughs> that, world wants <laughs> creamsicle versus old school Chiefs uniforms. The whole world yeah. wants that. Like absolutely, I just I don't understand. I don't have a uniform take, but I think you'll forgive me when I tell you that Patrick Mahomes has 51% of the touchdown passes that Joe Flacco had in his <laughs> entire career. <laughs> How are we doing this? Why are we doing he, this? He, uh, he, I just 50%. said, why are we doing this? This is just so, like, 
This is he was so... throwing to Anquan Bolden and a bunch of dudes. <laughs> How are you doing <laughs> this? Uh, is that is that is that not fair to him? You know, probably I, you not. Know, that's something that I'm sort of curious about. Well, Steve Smith's about. on them teams. Like Steve Smith. I mean. <sighs> so did you know that Derek Carr has been playing since 2014, <laughs> and that Patrick Mahomes no. has almost 70 no. percent as many passing touchdowns as him? No. And more rushing yards already. He's only in year three, kids. He's only this is now. this is the greatest site I've ever seen. It's like QBCompare.com, right? QBCompare.com. Yep, that's it exactly is, right. I, this person who set this up was, I don't think he realized what a great thing he did here. Um, you, I've got you, something for I, this. I don't know. I don't want to start anything here, guys. But uh, counting playoffs and regular season games. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has started one less career game than Chad Henney, but he has 200% of the passing <laughs> touchdowns. And uh, you know what? Only 122% of the passing yards. I would have guessed way higher. All right. Chad Henney has 13,000 career passing yards. I'm, I'm, Are we sure? I'm going to give one. I'm going to give one legend and I'm going to give one near and dear to my heart. Just 90s deep cut. Um, I'm terrified to compare him to Steve Young. And I, I thought I almost did. Steve I decided Young not so to. Good. He was so yeah, good. Steve Young was so good. He was so good. And another one, again, just a deep cut. Run me the Blake, the Jeff Blake numbers. Run me the Jeff Blake numbers. <laughs> oh no. Run me the Jeff Blake numbers. Um, okay. Because here's, you pull up the, here's you what pull Jeff, Blake, the Jeff Blake numbers. I got here was go ahead. Here's Nate. what Jeff Blake was good at. Um it was like 1994, 1995, I can't remember. But all of a sudden, the Bengals started to be interesting, kids, because Jeff Blake was like, Wait a minute. Oh. They started the exact same number of games. Wow. Oh, no, they didn't. I lied. Okay. Well, <laughs> 46%. So he started 46% of no, the but game. No, if you hit both, it is, you're right. I, I, if you're on playoff plus regular season, yeah. it's, well, oh, no, he wait, played hold on. none. So... No, or, I'm, now I'm confused. Maybe I all right. No, I just said something stupid. There's nothing. No, I, it also it either happened. It also happened to me. That's all right. We're, so, in, we're, on, we're in the stupid boat. Let's, together. We're Jeff, gonna leave out playoff because that's not fair to Jeff Blake because he didn't play yeah, in any. Jeff, Jeff Blake was someone that I just loved because he realized, hey man, I'm on the Bengals. I'm living. I got one life to live. You only yeah. like YOLO. Let's this thing fly. Let's let this thing fly. He, used to, so, he had he had one of the prettiest deep balls. I had ever seen as a kid. And I was like, how is he not? How is he? How are the Beagles not good? And then you realize there's like, you know, they're just they're just not a good roster. So there's I've got bad news for you, Nate, that probably Mm. sometime barring injury in 2021, Pat Mahomes is going to pass your childhood hero, Jeff Blake, because right now he has 85 percent as many passing touchdowns in 54 fewer games. Yeah. And it goes, it goes, as they say, kids, it goes by quick. Uh, you absolutely have to check out QBCompare.com. This is very good. I got one more question that I've kept in a tab since the last episode uh, from Chris Plant, because I also uh, need to just give the shameless shout out that if you like video game podcasts, and I can say this because The Athletic doesn't have a video game podcast yet, uh, there's a podcast called The Besties with uh, with Chris Plant and uh, and three others. It's just a wonderful podcast that needs 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 some new people to click it. So I would say go check that out yeah. if you like video game podcasts. And uh, and I found out the plant was a listener to this show after I'd already been listening to the besties. It was wonderful. So uh, a, a little Kansas City based connection there. And he's also got a Kansas City based sports question. If you had to add 
one Royals player in history yes. to the Kansas City Chiefs. Come on. Who would you choose and why? You can't all choose Bo Jackson, right, right. is what he says in the thing. Yep, I saw well, this. I was... Let me roll my sleeves up. Let me think this through real quick. Anybody want to? I've got my. I got my. You answer. go first. I got two answers. I think I'm, and I am listening here. I, I, you know, I might have three. I'm going very modern. Also, all three of these are very modern. Do I think that Lorenzo Kane might be able to make something happen? I kind of do. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a bad answer at all. But listen, man, speed kills. Oh. I'm out here for Gerard Dyson. If Terrence Gore wants a contract. You don't think Terrence Gore could come back and just run some just run some motion in that backfield? You don't think he could come be, you know, McCole Hardman light? We could teach him how to field a punt. <laughs> I feel pretty good about all three of those guys. And I'm just going speed, 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 speed. Because frankly, I don't even think I Eric Hosmer was like a big he's like a big baseball player. Yeah, kind of kind of kind of slender. Yeah. He's not playing linebacker. Nah. He's not linebacker big. I'm going nah. speed I, all the way through. Can I can I give you two answers? You want to go first, Seth? That's what speed do is what I um, we're we're about to find out that Seth has not really followed baseball in about two <laughs> yes. decades. I was gonna let you have Bo Jackson. Actually. Yeah, you, okay. you're gonna I'll be my Yeah, you have Bo Jackson. Um, you know, I I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh, you know I'm gonna go with a random player when I actually watch the rest. I'm gonna go with Chico Lean. Ooh. <laughs> I mean that's. What I what, 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 Gary Gaetti? I want Gary Gaetti out there. That's pretty good. A little Joe Randa action in, at the yeah. safety position. I mean, who you want, <laughs> Daniel Sorensen or Joe Randa? Straight up. Oh, I want my safety to have a mustache. So Gary Gaetti <laughs> does it for me. Um, my two thoughts were okay. I, I'm, you know, it's crazy that Andy Reid has evolved out of the scat back world that he used to have mm. it's just crazy but gerard dyson has the scat back mm. oh, just 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 give him the ball in space let him do his little dexter mccluster on um how it's okay in six foot two there might be he maybe he could maybe he in? could i don't know if that's Hybrid be big tight enough in? in this offense i think i think maybe you have him flying around there maybe maybe he's your dan Sorensen replacement how have how have you not mentioned Country Breakfast as a guard? Great, we question, just man, we just great we, we just feed him Joes, and we say, look, six months from now, we let's see let's see your let's see your get off <laughs> on the snap at the guard. Dan Sorensen and Lorenzo Kane are both six two and about two ten. This might work. I didn't realize Lorenzo Kane was that big a dude. <laughs> nah, he could fly, some- man. It's got some sna- some size. It got some speed. Uh, I would love uh, start. Listen, the chief the Chiefs' offensive line has been battered this year at left yeah, guard. Like, Billy Butler. What? <laughs> no. What? We, his his name is not Billy Butler on the roster. It is Country Breakfast. It says breakfast. It says breakfast sixty nine on the back of his jersey. That's what it says. No question. Uh, and when he score, when the Chiefs score touchdowns, he just does the Gerard the Gerard Dyson. Uh, that's what speed do. Just just yes. Oh, that's perfect. Scratch, I, I hope that. I could really use that visual in my life. If someone wants to even just Photoshop that, I'd take it. Uh, that's it, though. That's that's the end of this episode. We'll have more media, more news, I'm sure, and then plenty to break down in Friday's episode to take you all the way through the Super Bowl. There is going to be a absolute ton of stuff 
uh, on, at just at every angle from all three of us. You can follow uh, Seth on Twitter at RealMNChiefsFan. Also check out the Chief of the North newsletter. Uh, the Legeria Sneed piece is already out. You're doing more of kind of the other guy's stuff. Seth, is there anything I'm missing that's coming this week in the newsletter? Um, No, nope. I'm just planning on looking at a couple of the other guys, uh, day job permitting. We'll see how it goes. Uh, if nothing else, maybe I'll just do a little more blurbs. I like blurbs. Yeah. Blurbs are great. And then also there's a big piece coming on The Athletic uh, looking at, at what the Buccaneers would need to do to win this game. Nate had an excellent piece on Madden uh, back in Madden in 95. Yes, yes Madden, Madden 95. 95. Um, uh, tells a story about a person who I had never heard of. And now you have to give a tremendous amount of credit for the fact that Madden is what it is now and goes back behind the scenes at EA. Really great work, Nate, and a very fun piece if you care about video games at all. Um, and really just the history of, of, of a football icon. Cause I don't, I, you can't, I don't think you can tell the story of, of the NFL's success in America without talking about Matt. This is correct. Um, so it was a great read. You can check that out there. And then Nate, I imagine you're going to have a whole lot more coming over the next several days. Yep. It's time to start unloading, uh, as they say in the run up to Super Bowl Sunday, uh, real quick. Uh, I, I talked to some fans. They were great. Uh, it's always cool when you call somebody and they already know your voice. So for, I don't want to give the names yet because I, I want people to read it in the athletic, but we're getting close to that. This guys, this might be the last time I, I write about wasp. Like I, I might, I may, mm. I may put it away because you know, it's, it, it's on to super bowl 55, but, uh, but that'll be coming out. I got some stuff on obviously the defense, Again, it's it's Spags versus Brady. I mean, just it's really exciting. Can we get like real quick? I always tell people they hired this man for one job: go be Tom Brady. Like that's that's the only reason they hired him. Well, not the only reason, but I'm 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 whittling it down. But big headline: this guy has beaten Brady. <laughs> yeah, we are trying to win the Super Bowl. This is 2018, so. Um, it's just fascinating again, how this all works, that the guy goes across to another conference and he shows his face yet again. Um, and look, it'll, it'll be fun, but yeah, there'll be some stuff on the offense as well. Um, but I mean, go, go read the thing that Mike Sando and Ethan Douglas wrote on Travis Kelsey, who we've been saying forever, just established the Kelsey. This man's a hall of famer and he's quietly more productive than Gronk was at the peak of Gronk's powers. Uh-oh. I also just saw, here's two uh, two other things on the way out. One, Andy Reid was on Colin Cowherd's show today. We were going to make a lot of fun of Colin Cowherd at some point. Now I'm starting to get a little nervous. I'm starting to get worried that I might have to in- eventually Venmo somebody 20 bucks for asking, Colin, or asking Andy Reid a question about Colin Cowherd that I'm now second-guessing. Um, also, uh, Nate, there was a tweet. There is a tweet that made the rounds last night. Mm. I'd like to end the show on this. Yes. There was a question asked of a well-known Yahoo football writer, reporter, personality. You you, you say, huh? Uh, our, uh, uh, Anita on Twitter tweeted, Hey, at Therese Paler, have you ever heard at by Nate Taylor's impression of you? It's pretty good. Just saying. And Therese responded with no punctuation, no emojis, no emotion. I, I feel like, I am aware of its existence. I, I feel a darkness in the force. I, I feel <laughs> I feel I feel great pressure. Uh I think Therese likes me. <laughs> <laughs>